But Mark chapter 4, and we're going to begin with verse 26 and read through verse 32. Uh, let's continue to pray uh, for uh, the next week as we have our special Christmas presentation by our choir. And let's pray for this Christmas offering. I think uh, it surely broke $2,000 today. And all those appliances you saw, I promise you, were charged. Because there ain't no way they got that money that quick. And so uh, we need to make sure they don't get, have to pay 18% of whatever it is over there. Amen. And God's been good um, to uh, Brother Kevin and Brother uh, Underwood and Brother Jeremy. Uh, I was talking to Brother Jeremy about the baby Saturday. And he said that they worked a solid month every day till 10 p.m. every day except on Sunday uh, just to get those tables built and the bunks built and so they're exhausted and now he is at the hospital and won't go home and sitting by Bo's bedside and I know he's exhausted I know uh, the whole family is but that's a great team down there in South Africa you ought to be proud of them and they all came through this church they might all be members now one of them's joined Vision and Brother uh, um, Underwood's joined uh, Brother Tony's church Newton Baptist but they're still part of us because uh, they were just little guys running around this church when they were young. And uh, we thank God for the way the Lord has touched. That ought to get you uh, excited about the potential in every prospect. And uh, that's what I'm preaching on tonight, the mustard seed. But I wanted to review and, and tie this together what I preached this morning about um, sowing. We need to sow the seed. We need to sow our lives. We can multiply for God's glory. God did not call you to sit, soak, and sour. God called you to sow. And sow your life and give your life uh, to uh, as a ransom. Uh, not a ransom, but a, a, a sacrifice, an offering, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And then when you uh, leave this earth, uh, your life will live on. And your ministry will live on. So let's stand on the Word of God. Verse 26, Mark chapter 4. And he said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and, uh, night and day and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. You don't know the secret work of God uh, as you plant the seed. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth it in the sickle because the harvest is come, and he says, Whereunto shall it be likened the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? And he said, It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sowed in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. And when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs, and and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. I want to preach this a few minutes on the power of little. The power of little. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for little as much when you're in it. And God, thank you that we can plant the seed, which is not little but powerful, sharpening a two-edged sword, incorruptible, undefiled, and lasting forever, God, into people's hearts. So, Lord, get us excited about sowing. God, help us to realize the kingdom of God 
has great potential. And things can uh, blossom right before our eyes and lives can be changed for all eternity if we'll only believe, get saved, sanctify ourselves as vessels, and give what we got. And Lord, yield all that we have with all our heart, yet trust, and with all our heart, love you. And then, God, you'll multiply the seed as a mustard seed planted. So, Lord, please help us as we preach these few minutes on the power of a little mustard seed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when I think about uh, growth and I think about just little, even in the worldly sense, and probably not the worldly sense, but the collegiate sense, I think about a story of a woman named Martha Berry. And she was born just outside the town of Rome in 1866. And she was born in a wealthy family that owned a vast estate in that area. And she asked for a playhouse where her father always gave her more than she should have, he should have. And he gave her a cabin, built her a cabin instead of a playhouse. And one Sunday as she was studying the Bible in the cabin, Martha Berry heard the voices of children outside and she went out and saw some of the poor children from nearby Possum Trot. You know there's a Possum Trot, Georgia? There's a Possum Trot. I didn't know it I read this story. And they were playing, and Miss Berry was a teenager by this time, and she called the children to her and began to tell them stories from the Bible. And her, cla- and her Bible classes met each week in the playhouse or the cabin, and uh, she taught children that they should never have... Uh, that would never had the opportunity to go to school. She taught them how to read and write. Uh, she taught them arithmetic and other lessons. Then in 1902, she had an idea to start a boys' school nearby Lavender Mountain. And she deeded the land, raised funds, and opened the doors to the students. And the Berry Industrial School for Boys were formed. And the school continued to grow, adding a program for the girls. That's, that's only equal. And if you visit Rome, and many of us do often, uh, you can still visit the house of Martha Berry uh, that she lived in until she died. And you can also see the cabin playhouse where she taught poor children about the love of God. And if you visit Rome, you can uh, also see what her little mustard seed school has become. It's amazing. Today, Berry College sits on 28,000 beautiful acres. How many has ever been over there? You want to go see deer, go over there. I love that place. Uh, I got lost on that campus, matter of fact. Um, and there are 38 major buildings and well over 2,000 students. Berry College is widely recognized as one of the most outstanding comprehensive colleges in the southern United States. A school that was a very humble beginning, a playhouse, a, a log cabin, has been blessed to have tens of thousands of Americans go through there. And folks, this is the message of little can become much. And uh, I thank God for that heritage, but I want to tell you something. There's things in the spiritual realm even more profound. Uh, Jesus was teaching these parables, and um, he, he explained why he used parables in verse 33 and 34. We'll talk, talk about that next week. But he was using an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he just told them that it's like farming, planting, and you plant the seed, and God gives the increase, and and some are blades, some are ears, some are full corn ear, uh, full, full ear of corns, and, and they multiply and they're fruitful. And then they asked again, well, what's the kingdom compared to? And he said, a mustard seed. Now, when he said that, that had 
to blow those disciples' mind because, folks, a mustard seed back then and now today is one of the most minute little seeds there is. A mustard seed itself is a very tiny thing. It takes over 750 of them to make up a single gram. There are 28 grams in an ounce, and thus there's 21,000 mustard seeds in an ounce. That is a lot of mustard seed in a little area. It's a tiny seed, and it produces a very large plant. And Jesus compared the kingdom of God like a, a mustard seed. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. Most people tonight think you're crazy going to church on Sunday night, especially if you went this morning, that one's enough, and they think, well, you know, it's just a little church here on 2134 Dugout Road, and they're just preaching a little message, and there's a little singing or singing, whichever you prefer, and uh, that's all there is to it. But I want to tell you something, friend. There's some eternal value to the Word of God and to worship in the living God, and if you'll get hooked up with eternity, your life will take on a new meaning. You'll turn from a little mustard seed into a great uh, plant, a great tree that'll bring shade and, and uh, help and fruit to thousands and thousands of people. I want to tell you something, one of the greatest things you can ever do is get connected with the eternal God, the God that created you, the God that sustained you, and the God that created you for His glory and become His mustard seed. Little is much when God is in it. He's not looking for big shots. He's looking for a people that are available to become his seed. Just think about his life. Jesus was born in a tiny town of Bethlehem in poverty. Uh, his parents were so poor they couldn't pay attention. I'll get that later. His parents were so poor they had to have turtle doves to, to offer. Uh, they didn't even have to afford a lamb. That means they were very, very poor. They were carpenters. and uh, uh, Joseph was a carpenter as we studied in Sunday school. And he was reared in Galilee, and no one believed that a man of God could come from there. In John chapter 7, verse 52, they said, there ain't no way he's the Messiah. He, can't, he comes from Galilee. That's the wrong side of the track, by the way. And then he, he was raised in Nazareth. The inhabitants of that city was considered to be wicked and worldly, even by the Jews. Um, he had no family connections. He had no money. He had no support from religious leaders of the day. Jesus was considered to be a nobody from nowhere who would amount to nothing, they thought. But I want to tell you something, friend. His parentage was questioned. They thought he was an illegitimate child. His followers were, for the most part, uh, the dregs of society, even uh, shepherds and, and fishermen. And uh, his own people rejected him. He was despised and rejected of men. And Roman eventually nailed, Romans eventually nailed him to the cross and buried him in a tomb. Now, folks, his followers preached the resurrection, but probably a lot of people didn't believe that, and they ignored that message. But I want to tell you something, friend. There is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. And I want to tell you something. There's more books about this one man, Jesus, than all the books put together around the world. Folks, his name is mentioned more times in a week's time around the world than any other name or any other person. Folks, he is God, and he is Emmanuel, God with us. And folks, many might mock him, and many might think this is just a, some little old uh, religious ceremony tonight or some little old bitty church on the south side of Dalton. But I want to tell you something, friend. His kingdom is flourishing, and his kingdom is eternal, and his kingdom is heavenly. And folks, when you get connected with his kingdom and do his work and become his servant, you are doing something big. You're doing something miraculous. 
You are honored to be connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Number two, uh, how is the kingdom built? Number one, we just kind of describe how the kingdom began. Very humble. Anybody born in a feed trough but behind an inn because there's no room, no, no uh, uh, office, that's humble. That's a humble beginning. But folks, he never ceased to be God. Amen. He humbled himself and came of no reputation, was obedient, even obedient to death for you. But the next verses say, but every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. Amen. I'll just say this. You need to bow now or you're going to bow later. I'd rather bow now than bow later. Amen. But when you bow and you die to self and you crown him as Lord of your life, you get connected to a mustard seed that will flourish, to a, to a flourishing branch of life, a tree of life. And folks, we see this tiny mustard seeds planted in good soil, germinates, produces a very large shrub-like plant, huge, sometimes 15 feet tall. And folks, the little mustard seed grows to a 15 foot tall. It's amazing growth. And his followers consisted of fishermen and revolutionists and some women and some traders. And praise God, friend, at the day of Pentecost, it began to rumble and it began to start when he ascended and the Holy Spirit descended and a guy that cussed and denied Jesus became a great preacher named Peter. You want to see the potential of one seed? Just think about Peter. He cursed and denied that there was even a God. And thank God now he's preaching and 3,000 people get saved. 3,000 people in one service. And then you find in Acts 2.41, a short time later, 5,000 were saved. Then you go to Acts chapter 4, verse 4, and we see the astonishing growth. And it's, and it's estimated in the early days in Jerusalem, the church numbered some 50,000 members. Now, folks, little is much when God is in it. And God began to multiply. And God began to use the message of God and the power of, of the gospel. And, folks, listen, I want to tell you something. I don't know. I cannot count. I could not fathom how many souls have been saved since Jesus came to this earth. Could you fathom how many Thousands, thank you, Brother Darrell, millions and millions and millions of people that's been saved. And folks, the Bible calls it uh, uh, numbers, uh, uh, vast multitudes, beyond multitudes in Revelation. Multitudes and multitudes will be praising him. You look at David in such a humble beginning, and he slayed the giant. You look at Gideon uh, from the smallest family, the smallest tribe in the nation of Israel. And Gideon was used greatly of God. Folks, you look at yourself. You was a sinner, didn't have anything to offer God, falling short of the glory of God, and now you, dead in your sins and trespasses, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1, and God quickened you and brought you to life, and now you're an heir to the kingdom of God. You're joint heirs. You're a child of God. What a blessing. And folks, listen, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, 10, for who has despised the day of small things. And folks, I want to tell you something. Uh, the, uh, many men, like Moses, stuttered and couldn't even talk. God used in a mighty way. D.L. Moody, third grade education, a shy uh, shoe salesman, used to shake the world uh, when he traveled this world and, and preached. And then number three, how is the kingdom blessed? Look at verse 32. The Bible says, but when he sowed, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out 
great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Folks, I'm just talking to you about the potential in Christ. Your life has great potential. We're not having a motivational speech where you can be the best of yourself or the best self you can be. And folks, the best you can do is go to hell and the best you can do is fall short of the glory of God. But when Jesus comes in your life, praise God, His Spirit lives through you and folks, you can be a vessel of the living God. You can be a servant of the Most High King. And folks, the gospel germinates and, 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 and the gospel seed brings life. And you pass from death unto life. And he that hath the Son hath life. Everywhere the gospels preach, folks, there's miracles. Demonism is destroyed. Cannibalism, uh, polygamy, child sacrifice, tens of thousands of other evils have been disdained at the name of Jesus. Nations are founded on the principle of the gospel like the United States of America, one nation under God. And folks, the kingdom of God must fall when God's people humble themselves and call upon God. He's a shelter in the time of storm. He's a rest for the weary. He's a shade for the fierce uh, wrath of God. He's food for the hungry soul. He's a better life. Folks, he's an antidote to the terrible poison of sin. He's the cure for the sin of death, and he's the cure for the sin-sick soul. Folks, it all started at Calvary, but it all started at the manger. Little as much when God is in it. And folks, God in you is Emmanuel. God came to you, and you ought to bring others to Jesus Christ. And folks, when you yield to God, it, birds will, will light in your, your tree. And folks, people will have uh, shelter and rest and shade in this uh, the sin-sick world. And folks, you can be a blossoming, fruit-bearing vessel of God. But I want to close with this thought, and I will close. The potential in one prospect. The potential in one prospect. I'm sure, Brother Larry, that Brother McCarty, when he won you to Lord, didn't know that you'd be still going to the jail every day of your life and reaching thousands of souls, and he didn't realize that, that uh, he was winning somebody probably that was going to be a jail minister one day, a jail chaplain. But little as much when God is in it. Brother Larry, all he had to live for was some stinking uh, tattooed uh, coat. I'm glad it wasn't tattooed all over you. And uh, he'd fight for that coat, and it had patches on it. I don't know, it was a blue jean jacket, and, and all he had to live for was the next drug habit, and sell his blood, and sell his wife, washer and dryer for, for drugs and now he's a deacon of our church and, he, and he's a chaplain of the jail and all those prisoners when he walks in they, t they pay attention because they know that he was where they were one day. And folks listen there's, there's potential like a mustard seed in one shy little drug addict that gets saved and becomes a man of God. Say so, amen. There's potential in every prospect. Uh, there's uh, the mustard seed of, of sacrifice. Young man busted heads up at Northwest High, and he was a tremendous linebacker. And, and I remember I went to see him play Southeast, and I was just watching Kevin, and, and I was excited about him being that linebacker for Northwest. They need one now. And, uh, and, you know, and I remember uh, 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 him just taking on the whole line and going through there and busting through the line and killing that poor quarterback that I was rooting for because I was Southeast. You know? And I want to tell you something, friend. It shocked the coach. When he said, I'm not going to take that $100,000 scholarship. 
I'm going to not go to VMI. I'm going to go to Crown College and get my Bible education so I can become a preacher. And I want to tell you something, friend. God has used him. That's the reason that all these other missionaries are there because this young man had one little mustard seed of sacrifice. I thought it was a big sacrifice. The coaches called up and cussed Brother Tony out almost saying, you're crazy to influence this man to give up a $100,000 scholarship. They were vicious. Now they've apologized since then. I know him personally. And I want to tell you something, friend. Little is much when God is in it. And this man is, is, is being used of God in a mighty way. And, 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 and Mark and, 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 and Stephen Underwood, God bless him. I didn't think he was ever going to get on track. I never thought he was going to. I thought we was going to whoop him to get him on track. Went over visioning, blew it over the air. And then he, then he went and tried to pastor a Southern Baptist church in Myrtle Beach of all places. Fell flat on his proverbial face. And then praise God, he got right with God. Sold out finally. The seeds came back. And now he's over there and he's, he was doing all the cooking this week. At, uh, uh, as far as the grilling was concerned, for all those 135 people at that camp and loving every bit of it and serving God, learning that coastal language, amen? The mustard seed of one sacrifice, the mustard seed of uh, one decision, one sacrificial decision, going to Crown College. I think about Amanda, Brother Larry and Miss Carolyn. Where would she be if she hadn't went to Crown College for that one year or two years or whenever she went? She didn't really want to go. Her mother didn't really want to send her. I remember that. Uh, they were, they were, she was torn. She didn't know whether she wanted to stay here and just be around here or go to Bible college. And then she met a man of God, married him, and she's one of the best pastor's wife I know. Folks, listen, one decision, the mustard seed of one decision, the mustard seed of going to a Bible college for one year and meeting a godly man. You say, what did she major in? Getting a husband. No, but no, no. Uh, and that's, that's great, amen. I think every person that graduated from high school ought to spend one year in Bible college the next year they graduate from high school. You say, why? It's just a good experience. You get right with God. You meet other people, amen. But um, some people don't disagree with that, but I tell you what, Amanda's glad she went. So Kevin Hall, Amanda Stiles, the mustard seed of one prayer meeting. The mustard seed of one prayer meeting. I'll never forget that night. We had a prayer meeting at... 2172 Holly Hill Drive, Decatur, Georgia, my home. And I was leaving that next Sunday for Claxton, Georgia, to be the youth pastor of Gospel Baptist Temple with Brother Barry Westbrook. Now it's a long story, cut short. And I remember I went and got Daddy in my old Comet. And he wouldn't get in the car because he didn't think I could drive. And he was right. I can't drive. Not in Atlanta. But I made him get in the car. He couldn't go by the liquor store, see, and get his, get his pint of vodka. He couldn't get drunk on the bus. He knew that he was with me. And I got him in that car, and I drove, drove home, and the whole front yard was packed. He was having a prayer meeting for my daddy. He, I told him, and it was true, he was having a prayer meeting for my going away. And I was going to the ministry for the first time. And I said, we're having a prayer meeting uh, to send me off. But we were really having a prayer meeting to send him in. And I remember he said, well, good night. How many people were in there? I said, the whole house is full of my teenage friends praying at this prayer meeting. And you've got to come in, Daddy, or it's going to be embarrassing if you sit out here the whole time. And he was steaming. He was upset. But he went in, took a shower. He's a sheet metal worker. That's why he lived as long as he did. He sweat all that liquor out of him. And he came in that prayer meeting. And I remember we prayed around the circle. And we prayed. 
Alfie, he didn't have enough sense to be discreet. He said, Lord, save Cleve because he needs it. I buried my head in the carpet. I said, Lord, save Wayne because he just let the bat, rabbit out of the bag. I'm, he's going to kill me at this prayer meeting. He got around to my daddy's time to pray, and he said, Lord, I need some help. Stayed up to 2 o'clock that morning witnessing to him. I said, Daddy, you need to be saved. And he said, I can't live it, son. I just can't give it up. I've been drinking since the war. I'm, I'm, I can't get the images of all those people that I killed out of my mind. I just drowned it in liquor every night. I can't do it, son. I just can't. And I said, Daddy, I guess you can. Because if I said, why don't you go over there and click on that lamp? He went over there and clicked it and clicked it. And he said, I said, Daddy, why won't it come on? He said, well, the stupid thing's unplugged. And I said, Daddy, so is your life. It seemed to click in his soul, that little illustration. And I said, Daddy, if you'll get saved, you'll get power. You'll get power to overcome your insecurity, your drunkenness, your depression, the terrible things that went on in World War II that's driving you to this. And I remember the next Sunday night, here's the mustard seed of one message, but it was many messages and many prayer meetings from his dear mama, that mama prayed every Sunday morning. She'd come down when nobody's at the church, Calvary Baptist Church, East Atlanta, and she'd put her fresh-cut flowers on the Lord's supper table. And she'd kneel with tears saying, Lord, save my son. Raise up a preacher. Oh, God, please save my son. Don't let him go to a devil's hell. Don't let him spend another day drinking. Please save my son. And I remember that Sunday night, it wasn't a great message, but I preached everything I knew out of Matthew and some things I wasn't sure of. And I, after the, I preached all salvation, all, everything about salvation I, I knew. I knelt in the preacher's pew. As I knelt there, I said, I hope they sing another verse of Just As I Am. And I kept praying, and I kept praying, and I kept weeping. I knew he got under conviction at that one prayer meeting. And then somebody tapped me on the shoulder. It was my preacher. And he said, Wayne, your daddy's down at the altar and he wants you to lead him to the Lord. The power of one prayer meeting. But maybe it wasn't just one prayer meeting. Maybe it was every Sunday morning, a mama that said, I'm not going to let my son go to hell. I'm not going to let my son live with this addiction the rest of his life. And my daddy got saved that night. I always wanted to run away from home, but I used to want to come home and catch my daddy up past 9 o'clock because he always passed out. And I one time came home from Claxton unannounced, and I caught him in the den, Brother Randy. He was sitting on our favorite couch that he almost burned up, the whole house. And he was reading the Bible at 9 o'clock at night. And then the next morning, I just spent one night because I had to get back with Brother Paul, uh, made sure I got back. He'd get up and he'd hug mother and say, I love you. And he never said that before he was saved. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. All things are become. The power of the mustard seed of one mama praying at the altar. Little is much when God is in it. Now, it might not seem much for somebody to cut some fresh flowers and put them on the Lord's supper table, but it was much to God. Folks, can you imagine when we get to heaven, all the prayers that we're going to see that were answered, that we didn't even realize were answered. Folks, one soul saved 
can make a difference. One message, one Sunday school lesson. Dr. Lee Robinson often tell the story about Daisy Hall. And he spells her name. Daisy Hall was my Sunday school teacher. And Daisy Hall taught us boys the gospel and explained to us very clearly how to be saved. And one day, one Sunday, I got saved. Brought my parents that night, and they got saved. And folks, one Sunday school lesson. And that man of God uh, built the great Highland Park Baptist Church and supported more missionaries and baptized more people. I could have, I'd have had to run uh, I-75 through this church to catch up with him. He baptized thousands and thousands of people. And I believe many churches all around the world, and uh, Brother Thomas, you went there, and others went there, Brother Bobby and others went there, to Tennessee Temple University, Bible college back then probably. One Sunday school teacher. The mustard seed of one Sunday school one Sunday school teacher. How about a message? The mustard seed of one message. From snowing, pouring down snowing in England and nobody could get out. But a deacon said, I'm going to church and I'll be there no matter what. And he got there. Somehow, somewhere he got there. Three other people there. But a little boy wandered in the church that night on Wednesday night. And he got saved because he heard a message, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Deacon didn't know how to preach. He just kept on saying, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Told him about Calvary and told him about the cross. And that little boy was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He shook this world. He was a prince of preachers. His, 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 his auditorium set over 100,000 people he preached to. Or 10,000 people, I believe it was. Folks, a deacon preached. The mustard seed of one message. The mustard seed of one Sunday school lesson. The mustard seed of one prayer meeting. Or many prayer meetings. The mustard seed of a sacrificial decision to not take a scholarship but go to Bible college and prepare yourself to be a preacher and then God called you to be a missionary. Folks, the mustard seed of one visit. I thank God for the afternoon in November 1980 that I decided to go Cleveland Highway and then I get a little road named North Whitfield Drive I believe it was and knock on the door and a man came to the door and I said I'm sorry but I got to talk to you he said that's alright preacher come on in I'm watching a football game but I'm not interested in it I don't even know who's playing and I sat down and about 45 minutes later Wallace Cooper got saved he's in heaven he's one of the greatest men in this church one of the most humble, one of the most faithful. The Thursday morning he died, the Wednesday night before, he was in this church. He was so weak he had to get somebody to usher for him. But he was right here in this place, right there, right there. Thank God for one mustard seed of a Saturday afternoon. How about a visit on a bus route? A bus captain, his team went to East Lake, Project, most worst, the worst, most violent projects in Chattanooga. And they knocked on a door. And two sons of a gambler came to the door. And they gave them bubble gum. And they went to Highland Park Baptist Church. And they both got saved. One was Tom Sexton, the other one was Clarence Sexton. Tonight, I'd venture they'll probably have about 3,000 each church a little bus kid 
not rich, not elegant, probably not very educated, and surely didn't think much of themselves because their daddy abandoned them because he was such an addict in, in, in gambling. The mother was trying to raise them as a single mother. But the mustard seed of one word now you can go up to Temple Baptist Church in Powell, Tennessee, and on Wednesday night, there's 2,500 people on Wednesday night prayer meeting. And he's preaching the Bible, can't move because he's had so many back surgeries. He's, he's getting on up in age. He's about old as I am. And I want to tell you something, friend. That's a great church with a great Bible college. Why? Because somebody cared for a bus kid. Somebody visited a bus kid in the projects of East Chattanooga near Rossville Boulevard, a place you don't want to go after dark. No offense to you that live there. The mustard seed of one visit. I'll close with this. I think about it when I thought about Brother Kevin Hall. The night on Watch Night 2000, I think it's 2000, Y2K. We changed it to R2G, ready to go. Put a little tag. That's the stupidest. I mean, a little tag. That was the dumbest, cheesiest thing I've ever done in my life. Here we are, all of us, R2G, ready to go. Amen. We was ready to go. They thought the end of the world was coming. Everybody was hiding their computers, and everybody was uh, 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 building bomb shelters and stocking up with groceries and water. I mean, everybody's going crazy because it was changed in the year 2000. So it was Y2K. We said, ready to go, R2G. Brother Kevin got up that night after Lou Rossi preached. And he prayed all day and preached on Romans 10, 13, and the place was shook. And God moved in a mighty way. But I want to tell you what happened across the world. There was this fanatic that got possessed with one message. But really, it was just one word. It was eternity. And he got so possessed with it, he'd go all over Sydney, Australia, and he would write it on the sidewalks, eternity, in chalk. He'd put it on the walls, probably got arrested, eternity, 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 eternity. He, got, he went to campuses and colleges and put eternity all over it, put, made uh, uh, flyers, put eternity on it, put eternity. And, and, and it swept all over Sydney, Australia. Just a little poor man with one message, eternity. But I want to tell you what happened. This is so neat. This is so miraculous. God says, I'm going to honor that message. Because really, eternity is what's most important. Not your little old square of time. It's eternity that you ought to hook up with. And on Y2K, everybody knew that it was, the New Year's was going to hit there first. And so the whole world chimes in. We even went home real quick, and we tried to get, get, get that broadcast at Sydney, Australia. And I want to tell you something, friend. The whole world's looking at this Sydney, Australia to see if they're going to fall off the map or they're going to go in the ocean or Y2K's going to suck them up. I mean, the whole world was possessed with this fear. And I want to tell you what was on the bridge, the big, beautiful bridge at Sydney, Australia, in lights. One word. God used the little man with a chalk to get the whole town thinking about one word 
And then God broadcasts it to the whole world in one second. The mustard seed of contention. Just plant. God will do the secret work. God will do the eternal work. God will do the, 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 the lasting work with the incorruptible seed that will last forever. And that is the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for this message. A very simple message, a very short message. But God, I pray it's a lasting message and impression on our heart that we need to be like a mustard seed. Planted. Letting you germinate. You cultivate our lives. That we might grow into a mighty tree shade and fruit for a lost and dying world that's going to spend eternity in hell if they don't get saved. Lord, forgive us for seeking first our little kingdom. When you said to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things would be added unto us because, Lord, you'll equip your servant to do eternal work if we'll only yield. So, dear God, Help us to be a mustard seed. Help us make that visit with faith. Help us to preach that message with faith. Help us to hand out that track with faith. God, help us to do that kind deed to somebody that thinks nobody loves them by faith. God, help us to make that visit at the funeral home. Help us to make that visit in the project. Help us to build that bus route. By, by faith, God, do what we do because you have called us into the kingdom of your dear Son. Lord, help us. Help us, dear God, to plant prayer by faith, to plant the gospel by faith, and to plant our worship and our priorities and our time and our talents and our treasures into the kingdom of God. And Lord, like a mustard seed, Lord, we trust and pray that it will blossom forth and become a mighty testimony message for your glory.